Welcome to another episode of our SaaS Stories podcast. I'm your host, Ash, and this is a show where I interview proven founders and industry experts who share their stories, strategies, and insights to help you build, launch, and grow your SaaS business. In this episode, I talk to Andrew, the founder and CEO of K1 Channel Consulting. Andrew, the mastermind behind K1 Channel Consulting, is driving force behind a powerhouse dedicated to helping emerging and scaling B2B SaaS companies, driving businesses growth through partnership. With his extensive experience in developing channel sales strategies and working closely with partner managers and leaders, Andrew knows exactly how to define, build, and optimize partnership strategies to achieve remarkable results. What sets K1 Channeling Consulting apart is Andrew's deep strategic and tactical expertise. He goes beyond theoretical knowledge, bringing a wealth of practical experience that only comes from being deeply ingrained in the world of partnerships. Whether you're looking to grow your channel, structure an effective partner program, or navigate the complexities of partnership management, Andrew and his team at K1 Channel Consulting have the insights and guidance you need. I hope you enjoy it. Kate, Andrew, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Ash. Um, I'm looking forward to the discussion for that. Great. So do you have a favorite quote, something that inspires or motivates you that you can share? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's um, around, especially, I, I guess, in channel partnerships, it's simplifying um, the complexity and it's um, putting in sort of rapid accelerators. Yeah. Perfect, perfect. So tell us about K1 Giant Consulting. Uh, what does the what does this service do? Who is it for? And what's the main problem you're helping to solve? Yeah, very good question. So look, K1 Channel Consulting was really um, born out of you know myself being in the industry for about twenty years. Um, worked in a lot of SaaS um, startup scale ups and, and also sort of tier one environments. Uh, when I came to the the UK, so it was probably about eight years ago. Um, what I found is that I was doing a lot of like startup channel um, roles. So I was having to do a you know, partner program um, build and development, putting all the infrastructure in place, recruiting partners, often sometimes selling as well. And I found that it was there was not a lot of resources or support um, for partnership managers, directors or CEOs. Um, and um, so I sort of, I sort of said, I saw a gap in the market and what I wanted to do is um, effectively, Build a channel um, partner program accelerator, which helped build the partner program, but also started building best practices um, through different partnership types. And that's kind of where it started. Right. Perfect. Perfect. So, so could you give us a little bit more background about you, where you, you, where you grew up, when did you move here, and then what inspired you to get into this space? Yeah, no, okay, well, I can give you, I can give you a bit of a journey. So um, you hear this sort of wonderful a Kiwi accent. I was born in London, um, so I'm actually sort of, again, um, yeah, pretty much half British and, and half Kiwi. Um, I grew up in uh, Wellington in New Zealand, um, and effectively a very sporty Kiwi, right? So a very sporty background, but New Zealand's a, a software testbed of the world, so I was very much into software from quite an early age, um, and then when I left school, um, I was sort of pursuing a sporting career, went into sort of the software industry um, and then was actually lucky enough to work for a, a number of like uh, very, very sort of high profile um, startups where I just sort of really fell into 
um, the channel um, environment. And I, I kind of like really enjoyed it. It was quite natural in, in that sort of partnership space. And then, so worked with some, some really good startups, built sort of some early stage partner programs, built some strategic partnerships with Microsoft, did a lot of co-selling um, and things like that. Moved to Australia um, and worked for a company called Cognos, uh, which was a world leader in um, you know, performance management, d data warehousing, and business intelligence. Built a delivery channel, um, went into IBM, managed a reseller channel, went into Microsoft, worked into sort of their, their channel and enterprise ecosystem. And then from sort of that you know, journey from New Zealand to Australia, um, I, I moved to the UK. Actually, when Brexit was kicking off, so everyone kind of blames me, actually. <laughs> In that case, and then look, since I've since I've been in the UK, I worked a number of um, so there's um yes, yeah, so I worked in a number of contracts, built a number of sort of um how do you say partner programs, sort of startups if you like, and, and then and then again, so I've got into this sort of uh, I guess phase of you know, really sort of assessing. There was a lot of a lot of channel startups, a lot of partner programs were been built from scratch. And this is sort of where I was, I was put into these situations about you know, two or three times and, and really thought there was a there was a better and faster way of supporting the, the CEOs, the commercial leaders, and the partnership managers. Mm -hmm. And I, again, three years ago, I, I started to look at how could we accelerate the partner program build, how, what assets would we need, what are the best practices for each partnership type, how could we then you know, do co-selling, you know, what's the difference between co-selling and reselling? What's the difference between white labeling? How could I generate all those assets and pieces? But then moving on to going, well, how could I recruit more efficiently? Okay. How could I sort of in, in assess strategy, assess your products, assess your go-to-market? How we could bring in marketplaces in, into your go-to-market? How mm -hmm. can we then differentiate between these tiers? But one thing was, you know, really struck and, and I've sort of been, I've spoken to 300 companies and and leaders over the past probably year is that there's a lot of talk about resell. A lot of a lot of companies start with and resell, but not really sure what know what that means. Mm -hmm. So that's to develop a methodology around referral, co-sell, then look at resells almost like layering these different components. And and then after a lot of kind of requests for different types of consultancy and software, I started to build an ecosystem where um, you know, I've got about 25 different specialists in my ecosystem from business consultants, process consultants, uh, different partnership software um, that's, um, that's part of sort of my network. And, and kind of what I can do now is sort of layer different sort of solutions and, and bring in specialists to sort of um, that help that not only, not only partnerships journey, but that kind of like direct commercial journey. Right, right. So okay, I wanna I wanna pick you up um, onto the business uh, side and 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 you know size of the business etc. But before that, what I would like is I would like uh, I wanna know more um, about about you. Like when when you had this epiphany that you you took this idea and converted into a into a company. What was going on at that time and what did you see from your research that encouraged you to move ahead with this idea for this? Ash, it's a, it's a, it's a very good question. Um, I, I think, look, there's, there's a couple of things. In the industry, there's, um, there's very little resources or, um, I guess, a place with partnership professionals. Mm -hmm. uh, or again, 
commercial SEO leaders can go to get advice. Okay, so that was that was my sort of first prompt, especially at startups and scale-ups. Okay, channel consultants aren't sort of like they're not known so much in the industry, and then if there are channel consultants, that would be at the enterprise level. So for K one, I thought, well, look, what I want to do is is really support those you know startup and scale-up communities. Two, I wanted to then really create um, best practices and assets to actually help the build process. So not just advise, but then to really sort of then, you know, I can guide on different starting points of your actual partner program or channel sales strategy. But what I saw that was missing is that, look, can you help me build this? And can you do it rapidly? Okay. So I was in sort of organizations which would take, you know, six months to produce an agreement or they clear about the different partnership types or the structures that you'd need as an organization to support that. Mm. And I thought, well, look, let's, let's accelerate this, but then let's go deep on every partnership tier. Uh, and then you become kind of like what you have is that you have a methodology and a guide um, that reduces that complexity and confusion, um, but provides that knowledge and expertise. And, and this kind of how it started. Right. Right. So is it more, is it more or more of a like a enterprise level service consulting or is it also for startups, small startups like, you know, for example, I run a small startup, which is for, you know, um, managing your communities and events online. Is this something I can get benefit of from Kevin Channel Consulting by? Very much so, very much. And, and again, you, you're asking great questions. So. Uh, there's there's channel consultants at the enterprise level. Um, I would be classified as a channel consultant or partnerships consultant at the startup and scale up level. Right. Okay. And the difference is is that not because I understand I've been through probably six or seven scale up or startup either companies or roles in my career. Um, but what I understand is that you know where do, where do you start right? So a, a lot of the sort of what happens and often I hear all the time is that partnership programs start at the reseller component, right? So companies start at resellers, but they don't have a partnership program or structure. Mm. So actually it's impossible to deliver and it's quite complicated. So I've almost got a methodology for the startup and scale up. If it's a new program, I also then, what I do is I bring in sort of assessment of the products. But the difference is a lot of the time when you're starting these programs, you need to build your partner program. So not only do you do the strategy and then sort of understand, well, where do you want to focus? Where do you want to recruit, right? How do you want to execute? But then you've got to build your partner program. Mm -hmm. So for me, I've got all those building blocks in the partner program, which helps sort of join all those pieces together. And then I've got sort of, again, you know, if it's myself or it's, it's my network, we can recruit partners. We can develop that program. I can then put the structures in place and then I can help either execute or bring people in to execute. Indeed. Indeed. That that makes more sense. So so I want to understand more about who is your ICP, ideal customer profile. The reason I want to know is because um, I have spoken with a lot of startups and to be honest, they don't actually know about partnership yeah. at initial level. So they don't even understand how much benefit they could get out of partnering with somebody who is already in the market or something like that. So so who is your ICP 
and then based on that i would like to know uh what stage the startup could actually come to you and say oh we would like some help and uh, and more great questions um ash so so look to answer to answer this so the HYCP is very simple. It can be any tech company, SaaS company, or consulting company. That's it's it's sort of like a, a startup phase that obviously has a level of funding, um, or scale up phase. It can be any cross industry. Um, it, it doesn't really matter. And I think if I'm in if I'm in the founder's shoes or CEO shoes, I think you can reach out at any time if you're looking to grow, because all, all companies need to grow. So I think. The sequence of sort of almost qualification or the timing would be your product, you have to have a minimal viable product, right? You're looking to grow and you're looking at effective ways to scale either in your local market and or you want if you want to scale offshore. Um, so you look at those two components and you want to get some advice on how do you start this? How do you simplify, you know, the actual process? Um, I, I would encourage that discussion. I Normally you provide a, well, one hour sort of um, uh, free of charge, almost like pre-sales slash consultancy exercise just to get a feel of where you are in your business. But I, I can probably do this and have a pretty good picture of how, how to start this journey, but also um, build a roadmap as well. Indeed. Perfect. Okay. Great stuff. So so can you give us the sense of the size of the business? Where, where are you in terms of revenue, number of customers, and size of the team? Yeah, not exactly. So... I'm I'm two years in to the actual sort of the build of the business, so so the process is a bit different. I'm going to answer that question a bit differently. It's taken me two years to build the methodology, build the actual partner network, and I'm at I'm at the stage now where I think I've got about eight customers that I'm working with, and I've got 25 business partners in my network. So I put a lot of effort into that. I'm lot of effort now into building all my marketing my pipeline all of my international business development and Con channel consultancies are different they don't sort of they don't say well i've got x number of employees or consultants i've got 10 10 channel consultants that contract to me and i've got another 15 different consultants mm -hmm. of skill sets that either subcontract or partner with me yeah. plus i've got another 10 um companies that provide different um, either channel consulting or other software so it's a it's a very very partnering model it's a different model from sort of other, other businesses if that makes sense and yeah so so around 10 uh, sorry 20 to 25 people who are in 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 connection with you you know either in a formal engagement permanent basis or a contractual basis but also with a very very contractual the reason the reason that the channel consulting businesses are structured like this every single engagement is different and then you need different expertise so what i tend to do is that again like if i look at different proposals if and, and again it could be cross international i'll give you an example right you, you might have an american company that wants to enter EMEA, right and they don't want to build a direct sales team but they want to then modernize their partner program and then have someone on the ground in EMEA who's doing partner recruitment and mm -hmm. sales as a service. I, I can then actually provide a solution of modernizing the partner program, but through my partner network, I can either bring in a company that does partner recruitment or do partner recruitment and channel sales as a service, for example. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what you have is then you've got you've got a combination of a solution there. 
then I could have like, for example, I'm doing a number of engagements at the moment, which looks at co-sell best practice, workshops with partners, C-level executives, and, um, you know, re really going into deep into co-sell. Then I've got an, another partner that is actually looking at, um, sorry, another partner in the early stage in their program that has a very, very good product, which they can do a white label hyperscale model. So what tends to happen is that depending on the demand for my work, I'll, I'll either be delivering this, I'll be delivering this with other consultants, or I'll be working with partners potentially in other regions. Mm -hmm. And, and you, know, it's some, you know, I get a lot of the requests that, um, that I get, and, and again, I've got a number of proposals in market at the moment. So look, can you help me recruit partners? Can you help me scale uh, my business? I can do that with different um, consultants in my network, or I can get another partner to do that. So it's very, very different. And because of the model and cash flow, channel consulting companies normally contract either the other channel consultants or the, their other, I guess, business consultants. Fine. And that's, again, you know, it's a kind of a normal model. Yeah. Right, right. Okay, got it now. So based on that, then, can you give us an example of something with K1 Channel Consulting or, or, a, or a case study you helped out to a company who have grown potentially tenfold because of implementing the strategies and the the structure you put together in order to get into partnerships. Yeah, it's a it's a good question. So yeah, an, an interesting one was with um. So I worked with um the management team and, and founders of um Skills TX. Um, Skills TX is a background is that they were a very strong um, um, training company, okay? And um, they wanted to sort of develop their own SaaS product, which they did very, very successfully. Um, it was it was a different one because they actually had about 20 partners, okay? But no partner program. So really, like really talented, very international, um, you know, a range of different partners, probably about seven or eight different partnership types. The reason they gauged K1 Channel Consulting is that they didn't have any structure to their partner program. Um, again, they were also um, having different contracts, different incentives. They didn't really know how to incentivize correctly, um, which was sort of in line with modern practices. They also wanted to scale and double their, their partner base. So what, what we did, and this is kind of an unusual situation because normally you'd have a partner program then on board partners, is that... Um, I, I built a sort of a channel sales structure, but a partner program roadmap. We built a lot of structure around their partnership types. Okay, we looked at all the incentives, did a lot of it, did do a lot of modeling on the incentives. Just just for reference, a lot of the mid market, um, how would you say, companies are still not aware that there's recurring revenues, recurring revenue incentives across different partnership tiers. What this allowed is that we had consistency with different partnership types. Um, we got board sign-off um, for this. And then, again, this comes down to the partner program accelerator. We started to build all the agreements. I've got a lot of um, partnership agreements and templates, which I've worked on for the last couple of years. So I'm able to bring in the different agreements per the partnership types. It actually speeds up the kind of legal process because they're about 90% built. Um, each, of the different, um, each of the different agreements, it sort of lays on the incentives. But then we've got attachment to... PRM solutions, joint partnership plans, and and we're able then to you know for, for, especially for co-selling and for their professional services types, 
we're able to go deeper into sort of that best practice. So if you sort of pick up what I'm describing is that we've been able to rapidly accelerate the build of the program. Um, again, Skills TX didn't have a lot of resources. They didn't have a dedicated partner manager. So all of the C-level are kind of doing this work. And then um, what what this was uh, effectively the stage, the first stage is to put that structure in rigor, then to then to get all all of the existing partners within to their you know partnership types, um, and the next stage was then to go to the recruitment piece, and I think there are about another twenty partners now. So you're looking at a company that has forty partners and you know, driving you know um, a credible amount of revenue, new pipeline. But also the structure gives them to the ability to sort of professionalize the channel, if that makes sense. Nice, nice. So, so consider, let's consider a hypothetical uh, situation. So I I host a lot of um, startup events in London, um, and I meet a lot of people who either get funded or they are in your in their MVP phases or they are um, you know Series A basically. Mm. Um, Considering a hypothetical scenario where you have a startup, let's say, you know, two guys building something together, um, and they have more than uh, 10k MRR uh, uh, as a revenue for for yeah. for, for monthly, um, what should they do in order to grow or scale? Uh, which Andy, as a consulting, as an expert. <laughs> also help them because remember most of the startups are made by people who have some kind of background in this in the, in the industry where the startup is actually making something like a SaaS uh, product or an app or something like that but also they're very uh, you know technical and problem solving expert they don't know much about legalities unless the startup is in that space or they don't know much about structure or things they, they they learn it while they're you know doing the startup step by step so let's say hypothetically if if this startup comes to you with 10k mr and and money is not a problem uh, for them how you would help them yeah no, absolutely i think there's different ways so um if i look at the approach right is that I, first of all, I would spend an hour with, with the actual the founders and just understand. So it's, this what I've learned as well is that first of all, you need to get a good handle on the product, right? Because if the, the if the product's simplistic enough, you can build a hyperscale model. Now that is very very rare when you're starting, but I have one company today that has no partner program but could go to that model. Okay. Then you so you're getting a handle on the complexity because if it's a complex sale and there's no partner program, you normally start which which is called referral or co-sell. Okay. Now that's absolutely possible, um, but that's kind of the starting point. And then what I do is then it's kind of like I've got a combination of the advisory, but also the coaching component because the little bit of the art of this is actually sort of taking the founders on a journey, simplifying the stages and steps, explaining why. And then actually having all the building blocks and pieces to build that, but then you need to under communicate the structure, the roles that fits with that sort of that baseline as well. So if it was very, very technical and, and the guys were technical, and obviously they're going to be business guys as well, but there can always be that combination. Mm -hmm. It's giving them, I think, a roadmap 
and a picture of what this can look like. And, the, and you do it by a lot of practical examples. Yeah. So I'll give you, I'll give you say, say a case. Say if you've built, you've built a, an HR app, you're about to launch it, and you've got a couple of founders. They're very technical in nature, very smart, very business savvy. They understand direct sales. I would look at your product. I would look at kind of your market, right? And then I would sort of then explain to you, well, look, at a starting point, we actually want to look at which partners would this product actually fit in well with, right? I'd quite simply look at what would be the drivers and the motivations of the partners. So you get it very simple. What's going to drive and motivate that partner to work with you? Then you start to mm -hmm. look at it from that perspective. Because it's not a big mistake is direct sales seems look if it wasn't it for me. You're almost got to do a what's in it for the partner and then link your drivers and motivations, which is more customers and revenue, with the partners, okay? Then the next step, especially if it's early stage and, and maybe you're new to partnerships, you're kind of looking at referral and co-sell. Now, what's referral and co-sell? Referral as a partner is then referring you to opportunities and they're just, you know, there's no structure they'll come to as an opportunity and they'll get recurring revenue and you manage the deal. Co-sells the next step where you, you're the company, you want to you want to work with a partner that maybe have 30, 50, 100 accounts, okay? You do an account planning exercise, you build a joint partnership plan before you sign them. There's an additional revenue and there's, a, there's more commitment. What that gives you is a good understanding of the partner. They understand you've got a co-sell pro, um, program and then effectively you can go into more detail on your accounts and if that's structured really well, and I'm doing with one one of my clients at the moment, and we're getting into 50 to 500 accounts instantly going through this process, you get a really defined list of those opportunities. Now, this is the, one of the best ways to start. And the reason for it is this. Co-selling is not so, not so known within the mid-market. So number one, you've got to differentiate against other, your other competitors. Number two... Your partners, if they're endorsing you to their customer base, it's so much more powerful if you're trying to do direct sales because you're being endorsed by, you know, a company that's recommending you. Uh -huh. You can accelerate then the accounts, the relationships, and the meetings because all you want the partner to do is work with you, endorse you, open up the door, then bring in your team who's a specialist. You, you can do this together, and then there's a nice flow. So what happens is that you get accelerated pipeline, but you can do this internationally. So it creates a nice way of, of growth. Also for the partner, especially if they're in a competitive um, area, they actually can get, well, A, a, a product differentiator. So they've got a market differentiator. And they help keep the customers sticky. They help win new business. They can potentially drive and create a new managed service or new revenue stream. And what's the other component, which is really, really interesting, is that if you've got your recurring revenue model sorted out, which is part of the K1 methodology, you actually start to build a recurring revenue stream, plus you don't have to do the selling. It's done by the vendor and you're combining the both together. And this is some of the best practices, sort of known at the mid-market, but that gives you sort of an example. Nice. This is this is really good because because what what is what it is telling me is if you have a very strong product, then what you could do is instead of spending so much time in, you know, outbound marketing or SEO in marketing or all this kind of stuff, you can just reach out to K1 Channel Consulting, have explain what you're looking for, uh, how you want to scale it to, then K1 Channel Consulting will actually 
you know, construct a structure for your pr partnership program and then potentially introduce you with your partners, if I'm right. Yeah, the difference. So because I've got such a network of partners now. So it becomes, so I'll give you an example. There's a number of different ways. K1 can consulting can build your partner program and strategy. I'm doing with one of my clients at the moment that I've actually got lots of partners in their network and I'm doing partner management as a service for them as well. Okay. So I'm helping build their partner program, helping recruit and in the execution, best practices now in place. And in one month, we've got 17 partners that we're talking to. So very, very, very quick. I mean, it's not all right. It can't be this fast all the time, but really, really quick. The other thing as well is, is that because each company is different, if you know your partner profile, I've also got companies that can help accelerate partner recruitment. Yeah. So the whole methodology is about teaching, about simplification, but also then putting all of the structures in place. But then there's different ways to accelerate and, and you can sort of break this down. And, it, and it's proving that it's working now, which is, you know, before I would have thought it's quite difficult, but now I'm like, it, it's absolutely possible to get through all these pieces. But this is also where co-selling, because co-selling is not normally talked about. People talk reselling. Just I'll just make this point, because I think this is important. A lot of people say, oh, let's do a reseller model. Well, what, what does that mean? It means that, okay, as a vendor, you're teaching the partner to sell independently. Yeah. That's really difficult, right? If you're trying to sell, you're doing, you want, so you want to go independent for sales, pre-sales, and implementation normally. To do that, you have to have a really, really um, robust partner program. Sales and scale-ups normally don't have that. So what, what's happening now more is that co-selling is a way to, to basically execute which a light touch partner program with a different methodology. But what's happening as well, because the part partnerships are getting more and more sort of popular. If you start it with resell, you might be going to the partner and say, you've resell my product. He's got another 15 tenders asking the same thing. And the yeah. program isn't mature. So this is this co-sell sort of process is, is going to sort of come in more and more. But in white labeling and other pieces and obviously marketplaces. And and this this all reminds me of like you know like we go to IKEA to purchase our furniture or some stuff like that, but then when you're ordering some some furniture from IKEA, you see that in order to assemble furniture, they have their partners which is called Task Rabbit on the website. Correct. And very very good analogy. I'm like, who is this company? I, I've never seen this, but it's on IKEA website, so they must be really good. And then suddenly I started clicking on it and I was like, wow, the, their website looks good. They look very professional. They have really good, you know, reviews on, on, on Trustpilot. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, let's order it. So instead of ordering um, my assembly from Ikea, which I usually do, paying them around 60 quid or, or something, I ordered it cheaper from Textas Revit with somebody who lives close to my place and the product got delivered. The person actually came out the same day, uh, installed everything for me. And then I saved 30 quid. So I'm like, wow, that's, that's really good. And now I can't stop talking about it to my friends who are ordering stuff from, from Ikea. So it's like more value delivered to me for cheaper, for more affordable prices. Uh, and then, and then Ikea and Tassel, it both got benefit out of it, isn't it? 
Mate, mate, I tell you what, I love this. This is kind of like, um, how would you say? I, I'm kind of K1 is the a care assembler, assembler, assembler for, uh, for partnerships. But it's it's a hundred percent correct. And, yeah. and I, th- I think to dovetail into that, what what I've tried to do as well from a commercial standpoint is because every engagement is very different, right? Mm-hmm. What we do is spread the costs, you know, either over three to six months. So to make the startups the scale-ups quite affordable, and I can do quite a lot now for even 10000 and spread it over six months, and that gets you going, right? And it's almost like then, to your point, you can kind of layer the first foundational phase. I build the roadmap, you know, with three or four different other phases, and then but also I bring in choice. So you can sort of like pick, pick and choose. But I love that. that you, you've, you've nailed it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, great stuff. Okay, so... So I want to, I'm, I'm super interested in what K1 Giant Consulting is doing. The reason I'm interesting, interested in it because I speak with multiple startups on a daily basis and the struggle they go through, especially during their initial stage. I mean, nowadays, you know, it's not the days where the easy money for the seed uh, was available. You know, it's more difficult. You need to show the traction. You need to build the product. You need to be very, uh, you know, good with communication, etc. And then also you don't actually get funded. So you, you, you know, turn towards your customers and, and make your products so good that your customer become your investor. Uh, but then at, at that stage, there is a threshold where you need to figure out, oh, how I'm going to here, you know? So... And and I see that that this is this is this is brilliant for for startups who want to scale up at that threshold level. Yeah, hundred percent. And just just also, um, I guess expand. I or do have revenue consultants that specialize in startup and scale up. And also, I have a um, a sort of again, it's, it's a slash business operations consultant. So they're looking at those pieces as well. And interesting enough, because. In partner with lots of people. I've also got like legal companies, and um, that actually provide services to actually look at saving money. I've got a couple of things I can share with you. And then, for example, I'm, I'm partnering with another um, uh, founder called Appy Ventures. That actually, if you if you're an entrepreneur and you've got an idea, I've got this company that can help sort of them do the you know, the build and you know, obviously that mo you know, sort of like that app development sort of thing. So. It's, there's some other, you know, so I'm building the ecosystem to sort of provide different solutions and making these be spot on. Indeed, indeed. So let me let me ask you some some question about yourself. You know, I want to know you more. So you mentioned that you 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 born in London, then you grew up in 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 in, in New Zealand, and then you came back, um, and you work with giants in in the industry, most of the fan companies, as you mentioned. Um, I would like to know more. Like, how's how's your personal life? Do you have a big family? Do you hang out with them all the time? How how did the migration from London to New Zealand, New Zealand to London, worked out for you in terms of your friend circle, your network, and how do you how do you manage that? Yeah, oh, I'll, go, I'll give you a bit of a background because it's like, um, and kind of again, this will sort of, sort of, I guess, explain the journey, right? Because it's always a journey. So, so look, I'm like a, a typical Kiwi, we're really sporty, okay? So, um, I was actually, um, I grew up with a lot of, a lot of, um, 
keen sportsman, but a lot of professional table tennis players, which is really unusual, right? So um, I actually played kind of semi-professional table tennis. So that was kind of the passion. Wanted to become a wicketkeeper batsman. And I was all, I was going to come back to, uh, to England and play. So I was quite a good level. Played lots of different sports. Unfortunately, got injured, right? So, and I didn't get operated on, which was, you know, pretty devastating at the time. Then that sort of changed my sort of direction, which I sort of got into business and then got into the channel. So if I look at it, I did a lot of traveling and a lot of kind of commitment around the sporting component, which is fantastic. That helps translate into business. And then kind of like, you know, I was implementing business intelligence for about 10 years. That's how I was into software, sort of support supporting the um the sporting stuff then then moved into the commercial landscape and to moved into sort of that that channel world right so um i think that's out of the journey i was in new zealand right I was in Auckland doing the channel related stuff working for a very very talented entrepreneur german 35 business sort of person company won an award for best software we were the top three isv channel managed accounts with microsoft this is the first gig right really creative Mm -hmm. And moved to Australia, wanted to go to a bigger market, New Zealand, Australia. Still pretty small markets, right? Family. Channel. Did a lot of startup um, roles within companies. Although they sound big, the roles were actually very startup and very, you know, have to build the business from scratch. So that's where I got a lot of startup experience. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and then, so if you're looking at Kiwiland to Australia, had to hang out with those Australians for a while, which is always fun, and especially if you're a Kiwi. I can remember the underarm ball explicitly, right? So then, you know, you're going through sort of those phases. Um, personal life, yeah. I mean, mate, you're traveling, right? You're learning, you're meeting people, all right? Doing all that stuff. Le left all the family behind. Haven't been to new back to New Zealand for a while. I got made redundant from Microsoft. I did a lot of that component. The biggest driver is that the market was very small. So mm. professionals, if you look at the market, is quite small. And, you know, being able to come to the UK and, you know, I've met so many people, you know, through the world. I, I'm integrated now internationally. Um, mm -hmm. And I built K1 Channel Consulting if I hadn't come here. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, again, you, you're you're more exposed to, to different markets and those things. And so if I look at it, the journey has been, um, you know, again, sport, travel, business, um, you know, keep on learning and, and developing. Obviously, a lot has happened in the, from a technology perspective. Um, lots of experiences. Now, that's why the startup and scale-up thing is sort of embedded. Um, and I feel that I'm kind of like, you know, I'm really eight years in with the UK. Got a lot of work to get to this place. But we're not a known entity, Channel Consultants, right? Mm -hmm. I'm really, really proud of the model and journey. And to be honest, let's see what happens next, right? You know. Maybe maybe you're going to win the next uh, next three um, test matches and win the Ashes. Let's see. Why not? <laughs> I'll win the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> great stuff. Great. So so yeah, we we're uh, towards the end of our interview. So but before we move out, move to our lightning round, I would like to ask throughout throughout your journey and experience, there must have been valuable lessons learned. You know. If you don't mind sharing, could you reflect on your experience and tell us about one mistake or a setback that you encounter along the way that you now consider a regret or additionally a learning stage and what advice you would give our listeners based on this experience? Yeah, I think um, when I look at it, I mean, I, 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 
but I've got all of the all of the jet. You have to try things, right? You have to explore and experiment, and you don't have to be right the first time. Okay, I think it's really really important to reach out to people in your network, reach out to people and explore, keep learning, have a real growth mindset, and, and you need to try stuff even if you're not sure. Right? I've done a lot of things that haven't worked out, or I've just been on the start of the journey. So what, what I'm sort of, I guess if I look at it now, is that you know, if, if you want to say look at partnerships or if you want to do something professionally or if you want to you know, follow your passion, start it, right? Talk to people, you know, be open. Um, don't be afraid to fail or don't be afraid to just basically dip your toe in the water because then as you, as you learn, you learn from all you know, your mistakes, you learn from good times and bad times, right? All of those things. I think it's very, very important and, and continue on your journey because it is a journey. Yeah. Yeah, it's very important to to learn and start what you want to what you want to do and not just procrastinate or think about it because a lot of people just keep thinking, "Oh, one day I'm going to do that" and they never start. Exactly. And I mean, you know, if I look at it if like from a practical sense because channel consultants are dime a dozen, right? Like I've been in partnerships for 20 years. How the hell do I learn channel consulting? Mm. So, you know, six years ago, I met a really senior guy called Keith Lubner. He's kind of like a very, very seasoned channel consultant. And then I worked with him. My model's different from, from Keith's, right? And then, you know, again, I went, you know, two years ago, I would not have known 90% of what I know now. Mm. So it's like, it's putting yourself out there and you've got to work hard, right? And you've got to kind of do something you're passionate about and, and talk to talk to people. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Great, Okay. So we should wrap up now. We are going to go into our lightning round. I have got six quick fire questions for you. You know, just try to answer them as quickly as you can. Um, yeah, are you ready for that? Yeah, I've got a couple of questions for you at the end as well. So perfect. All right then, let's do that. Okay, what's one of the best pieces of business advice you have received? Yeah, I think the best piece of advice you know get a lot of um, experienced mentors. Okay. Um, entrusted people that you can go for advice. Perfect. What book would you recommend to our audience and why? Um, I think that's a good question. I think the book book from Dan Carter, because it sort of it explains his journey. And he was, a, he was obviously one of the world's greatest um, fly half right, or, or first fives. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, he's, yeah, I think he's pretty special. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, what's one attribute or characteristic in your mind of a successful founder? I think grit, right? They talk about they talk about grit and determination, but I think founders and for, for, for entrepreneurs, I think that's really, really key. Mm. Mm. I like that. Yeah. What's your favorite personal productivity tool or habit? Gym uh, or sport. I, th I think, you know, if I take the business way if I'm training or if I'm sort of in that zone, right? I feel fresh and yeah, you know, it sort of balances out the work. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. What's a new or a crazy business idea you would love to pursue if you had the time? <laughs> That's a good question actually. Um I think night golf actually. I love I used, I'm a big golfer. Um I like to do night golf with blowing balls and just like you know, I'm just some crazy. I love the lights and stuff like this. So I would do some crazy night golf or something like that. 
Right. And last but not least, what's what's an interesting or fun fact about you that most people don't know? Yeah, good question. Uh, fun fact. Hmm, what have I said? Hewitiness, cricket. Fun fact. Yeah, man, I've got a good sense of humor. And so probably my favorite comedian is Andrew Schultz, the American comedian. Yeah, man, he's good value. Yeah, yeah, good, great. Okay, great. Andrew, thank you so much for joining me and sharing your story and packing your last years of building this business and some of the ups and downs along the way. And if people want to check out K1 Channel Consulting, uh, they can go to k1channelconsulting.co.uk. Is that correct? Um, I think it's k1channelconsulting.com, isn't it? So, yeah, no, perfect. Okay. And also, if uh, if is there an app or a, or a other place they can find K1 Channel Consulting? Mate, they can they can they can contact me directly. They can contact through you because you're now you're now a K1 partner. Perfect. Awesome. Great. Uh, well, thank thank you very much for giving me your precious time. I really appreciate it. And then, yeah, I would like to interview you once again once you become a billionaire and then I'll have at least 15 minutes of your time. No, mate, what we can do, and, and look, to be honest, it's, I've really enjoyed the conversation. What, what might be an idea down the track is maybe get one of my um, customers to come on and jam with you. Oh, that would be awesome. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. Take care, take care buddy, take care.